Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome into Coffee Break. I'm Troy Stockley. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. The show is brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, you can call David at Versant 459-8565. Today, Cartangadal in the studio with us. She is the Lewis and Clark County 4HN Youth Development Extension Agent. Car, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I love when you're in the studio. You always brighten up the studio because you're always so happy. Um, Before we dive in, I guess maybe just explain to the folks what what do you do as an extension agent? I mean, what, what is that all about? Sure. So the Cooperative Extension Service is an agreement between land-grant universities and in Montana with the county government. Um, we So you'll find an extension office in almost every county and reservation in Montana. We offer 4-H and youth development programming. We will do agriculture, horticulture, and natural resources assistance, community development, and family consumer science. And so basically, if you have any questions about any of that, you can come in and we're happy to help. Yeah. Well, and uh, maybe for folks that haven't heard Cara on the show before, uh, she's into bees. Cara's like the the bee whisperer. How, How are your bees? They were getting all spring ready. And then Montana spring came back and we got snow. Do, do, are the bees used to this or do they get confused by uh, by the temperature weather changes? Yeah, I mean, this isn't ideal, yeah. <laughs> um, at least not for my bees. Um, and I think folks struggled with that cold snap we had earlier in the year, too, where all of a sudden it got really, really mm-hmm. cold. Um, some people lost some hives in that situation. And then right now... Um, you have some hives who are doing really well and they're strong and they're already laying brood that are starting to get ready for this next year. And then you have some where they're just trying to get going, but then it gets cold and then they have to cluster again. And then, you know, it gets a little bit warmer. So then they try to find food and then it gets cold and that can be pretty stressful for them. Do, Do people move bees inside in the winter? I mean, because like you said, when it gets really cold, it seems like that's the only way you could even partially protect them is is if they were inside with like an open window or something to get out. Yeah, I can see where that would be tempting. Uh, we don't really suggest doing that. Some people do put them in a shed over the winter. Yeah, like a bee shed. Areas. You got she yeah. sheds and bee sheds. <laughs> yeah. And, then, you know, just to make sure that they have some uh, shelter from the wind and the cold and everything. But um yeah, for the most part, a lot of people will put on like bee cozies and they'll have um, they'll just be kind of insulated padding that you can put around the hive or they'll use tar paper or some sort of insulation to get them through the winter. So my hives still have tar paper on them because it's been so weird yeah, <laughs> as yeah. far as it's the fascinating to me how all that works and how you help them through the winter. Uh, Cara Tangadal is our guest this morning. She's the county's 4-H and youth development extension agent. And did I see you're actually hiring over there, aren't you? Yes, we are. So we have a, a snap ed position that we're currently interviewing for. Um, you can still apply for it since we're still in that process. It's three quarter time. You go and, uh, the curriculum is pretty much laid out for you because it's grant funded and you're teaching folks on the um in the snap program about healthy eating how to make the dollar stretch further um my plate which is like the food pyramid but Mm -hmm. different so that's the new food food pyramid right yes exactly yeah Yeah. so if people want to find out information about that if they want to potentially apply what do they do do they go online do they go to your 
your place out there at the fairgrounds or what do they do? Yeah, it's online. So you're going to want to go to Montana State University's website. So montana.edu. And then there's a little search bar there. If you type in extension or if you type in careers, you should be able to find it. Okay. Are there requirements for that or like who who is right for that job? Ideally, if you have a background in uh, nutrition education or just education in general, you can be a good fit for the job. Okay. And in terms of 4-H, um, what does that look like right now? I mean, obviously, it changed over the last year and change. Are things starting to shift back in that other direction, or are we still kind of – where are we at, I guess, on the sliding scale of normal? Yeah, so we're trying really hard to make even more in-person opportunities. Um, last year, we had to cancel our 4-H camp um, just with everything that was going on. That's a four-night um, event that we usually do at Luckick Park over by Livingston. And uh, this year, we're changing it up just a little bit more because there's still restrictions um, with that camp. And so we're actually going to be offering uh, two day camps and an overnight here in Helena. And we're also opening it up to the general community as well as 4-Hers. Oh, okay. Yeah. It so anybody be... can do that. Yes. That's cool. Yep. And we have our team leaders, uh, our 4-H team leaders. They're the ones who are our camp counselors and they pretty much decide what we're going to be doing at these camps and it makes it pretty fun because it's kids coming up with the ideas and saying what they'd like to do our first 4-h camp is going to be on june 17th and the plan for that camp is we're going to meet at the fairgrounds and do some activities and then we're going to go to um is it oh Spring Meadow? Spring Meadow. Yes, yeah. yeah, Spring Meadow. And they're going to be doing fishing, and they're going to kayak, and they're going to paddleboard and learn about, you know, just the environment. And it should be really fun. And then our second one is July 22nd, and we're hoping to go to the Lewis and Clark State Cavern, or Cavern State Park mm -hmm. and uh, do some tours and then also just have some stations there where they can rotate through and learn more about different things and we'll have guest speakers and so that one still has to be fleshed out a little bit more as we get closer to it and see how this first camp goes okay yeah so are there are there limitations i mean at some point you, you must hit a, a a number of kids that you can have in the camps right Right. We were actually just talking about this the other day and we're like, how many kids can our teen counselors handle? Right. Each? And so we think our max is going to be 80 kids okay. um, outside of the counselors. So. so if people want to sign up, where do they do that? Because there is a, you know, at some point we're going to hit critical mass and you're going to run out of time and space. So Correct. where do people get more information or sign up for the summer camp? Okay, so we're going to have the registration ready to go here by May 1st. Um, it'll be in our 4-H newsletter, and it'll be on our 4-H website. Okay. And so we'll have it posted pretty clearly as a banner, or you can call the extension office at 447-8346, and we can email you the registration forms from there as well. And is there a cost for that? How does, how does that work? Yes, they're looking at $30 per kid. Oh, that's, I mean... That's nothing. Right. I mean, for, for summer camp opportunities, that's really, really inexpensive. Yeah. Um, it, it should cover like a T-shirt, and we're hoping to get T-shirts, a T-shirt, um, the meals for the day, and then also uh, just our activity supplies. Okay. So. And so what age groups are we looking at here? Uh, camp is usually ages um, eight plus. Okay. So I'm assuming we're keeping that same age range, but I mean, I'm on the plus side of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, am I am I eligible? Okay, so Do we yes, cap it? Yes, I think it's like eight to um, sixteen. Okay. That's usually what it is. I'm out. 
Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Cara Tangadal is with us on Coffee Break this morning. She's uh, an extension agent here in Lewis and Clark County working with, uh, with with the youth in our community. And hopefully back, I mean, it's one of those things where it sounds really cool. The summer camps you've put together sound fantastic, but then it sounds like also next summer is back to what you normally do. And that's what, like a week-long summer camp? Yeah, and it, it really depends. Like I said, our teen leaders are the ones who call the shots. Mm -hmm. um, and so we'll see how it goes this year. And then they know they have the option of going back to Luckick next year and going back to that more traditional structure. So we're just going to have to see how they feel at the end of this year. Yeah. We're talking with Cara Tangadal about, well, right now about summer camp, but 4-H. I mean, I, I we should probably point out when we say 4-H, it's not one you, – you, it's not one large meeting together like once a week everybody in 4-H comes together out at the fairgrounds and you have I mean this is lots of smaller groups and then even inside those groups there's smaller groups right right I mean, it, um yeah so we so the first uh, step of joining 4-H is you join a club and we have about 22 clubs and we just got a new club starting in Lincoln so we're really excited about cool. that we have one up in Augusta we have one in Wolf Creek and then we have quite a few down in the Helena area um, you join a club. Each club is a little bit different. Um, the kids will range in age and they'll have interest in different project types. So it's not like you join one club and it's all, you know, horse projects or yeah. something like that. It can be a mix. Um, so you join the club and then every month they meet up and they have a meeting and they do fundraisers or service projects or decide like where they want the money that they've been fundraising to go toward. Sometimes it'll go toward fair entry fees or it'll go towards the membership costs for that year, buying project books. Um, sometimes it'll be donated. So actually we have a club called Canyon Creek Stock. They do a fundraiser every year called the Sweetheart spaghetti feed or the sweetheart spaghetti dinner uh they weren't able to do the dinner so much this year because of everything yeah. but they did a raffle and they raised quite a bit of money and donated about six thousand dollars back to our foundation wow. um, to sponsor kids who want to get into a livestock project or to sponsor kids to go to camp very so, cool yeah it's really neat what they come up with yeah then, so how many kids in the community are in 4-h do you know that number off the top of your head yeah, um, our numbers are down a little bit this year, which isn't unexpected. It's it's kind of the same across Montana. Um, we usually have about 400 kids average, okay. and right now there's about 355. Okay, and then they make up how, how many groups? You said we added one in Lincoln. Mm -hmm. How many do we have? So 22 clubs. 22? Yep. So there's there's plenty if people want to check them out because they all meet at different times and right. that sort of thing so you can kind of find the the group that fits you and the time that fits you that that venn diagram is going to cross somewhere where you fit in the middle yeah i always tell people it's a little bit like um dating maybe where the first one might not be the best fit and it's okay to go somewhere else and 4-h speed out. date yeah exactly i like it <laughs> um so some of this in terms of of what meeting and projects look like that's really going to be up to the individual groups that's why it's it, it takes time to find the right fit yeah yeah and, and every club kind of has their own personality so some will be very very active and they'll have expectations for their kids to do certain things and then some clubs aren't as active um, and that fits better with other people's schedules some clubs will even do some project activities outside of what a project leader would normally do um 
Yeah, so it's quite a mix. And I mean, if you call the office, we can give you some suggestions of where to start. But most people will start picking based on the location and the time they meet. Yeah. Yeah. And then in terms of, you know, what they're doing and especially with COVID and everything, obviously all that changed. But my guess is some of that's getting a little bit back to normal and they're meeting in person and doing projects in the community and that sort of thing. Yes. There were a few clubs that were meeting primarily online and they're now meeting in person again, which is, it's nice to see faces again and to be able to um, visit those clubs and the kids are just happy to be there. Yeah. Cara Tangadol is with us this morning on Coffee Break, and uh, we're going to give her a couple minutes to hang out and not be answering my questions. we got to take a break. So we're going to do that, and then we'll come back with more after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back. This is Coffee Break. I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Coffee Break brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. We've got Cara Tangadol in the studio with us today. Always a fun chat. She's with the uh, Lewis and Clark County 4-H Youth 4-H and Youth Development Extension Agency. And uh, Cara, you started enrollment for 4-H in the fall. Is that is that continuing? Can people still sign up? Yeah, so our 4-H year starts October 1st, um, but you can enroll this whole time. I actually just got a question recently uh, from someone who has a 7-year-old, and technically at age 7 you would be a clover bud, so they were just wondering if there's still clover bud activities happening and if they can still enroll. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we still have a few clover bud activities coming up. You can still enroll. Um, we do have a cutoff though to enter fair, and that is May first. So if you want to, so got like a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming up. That's weird. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> uh, if you want to be part of fair this year, you have to enroll by May first. Okay, but otherwise, even if it's May second, they could still enroll and be part of 4-H. They just wouldn't make that fair deadline. Right. And we okay. do have some projects that are more active in the summer or more active at different times during the year. So sport fishing, for instance, they're just starting to get going. So they're one of those projects where you're not going to get kids signing up sometimes until a little bit later sure. and they go throughout the summer. Yeah. Uh, so who can be in 4-H? They've got to hit eight years old. Is that That's where 4-H starts and then it goes up to high, through high school, right? Um, yeah. So if you're five to eight years old, you're considered a clover bud. Okay. And this is a non-competitive group. Um, so they attend clover bud workshops and they can still participate in fair and some of our contests. It's just they don't get they get a participation ribbon and then they get some suggestions on how to do better next time. But they're not competing against each other. So. OK, so kids can come in, you know, if they're in that age group, even if they've not taken part before, they can join the younger group or even 4-H. It sounds like they can join 
point, they don't have to have some sort of resume that's like, well, I was in 4-H in Wyoming and we moved here. It doesn't matter. They, they can join up if they're interested. Right. It's open to everybody no matter what. So that's pretty. Uh, that's one of the awesome things about 4-H is if you're interested, you can sign up. If money is a problem, we have a foundation that does fundraising specifically to help sponsor you. Um, you just have to fill out a little form that we have. And then so at eight years old, they can choose whether they want to be a full 4-H member or if they want to stay in Clover Buds one more year. And then they can be in 4-H as a regular member up until they're 19 years old. Okay. As long as they were enrolled in. 4-H that year. And if they want to do that, again, they just get on the Facebook page or head on down to the fairgrounds and talk with somebody about that? Yep. The easiest way to find us, I think, is to just Google Lewis and Clark 4-H, and we're going to show up right away. Okay. And when we talk about 4-H, of course, I mean, we, we know, as you mentioned it, the fair's a big deal. And it's scheduled. It's on the calendar. Um, it's, it's, it's going to happen, at least for right now. We're going we're gonna to put an asterisk next to it because we never know what next week is going to bring us but i've talked with kevin tenney out there fairgrounds we've got a concert set up he's found somebody uh new for for stock he's uh, this thing is on track that's got to be a great thing for the four h'ers i mean i i know you found a way to make it happen kind of last year but it wasn't the same no it wasn't the same but also it's been kind of funny because the people who did um our fair last year it was just us at the fairgrounds and that's the first time that's happened and in a long time. Um, so I had clubs and leaders and members come up to me and say, yeah, last year was, you know, we thought it was going to be kind of (laughs) lame, but (laughs) it was fun because we got to actually just hang out with other 4-H kids and get to know people that we wouldn't have otherwise. And it wasn't as competitive or rushed. It was, and so they really appreciated that part of it. But then at the same time, you have kids who are like, coming up to me and saying, is there going to be a carnival this year? And I'm right. like, well, that's that's not really my deal. So, <laughs> But I hear there's supposed to be something. So it's, it's exciting to have it a little bit more normal. We also had some things uh, that we learned last year because we had to switch things up so much that we're going to try to apply to this year. So for instance, our 4-H livestock sale, we had it outside this last year and we're planning on doing that again this okay. year. A lot of our livestock shows were outside. We're planning on trying to to do that again this year um so there were some good changes that came out of last year that we plan to keep well you, you can you can tell the kids that uh, kevin has promised me i have a shot at getting funnel cake this year so Yay. so the, <laughs> the bad food is going to be there and they're working on getting in it, it sounds like we're going to be back it's yeah. going to be so it's one of those things where they they appreciated what they had but i think they're going to enjoy probably like athletes playing these games at the start of this thing in empty stadiums it's like yeah we played the game but nobody saw it it's not it's not the same so now you get the crowd coming through to see the livestock to see are the exhibits in, in the exhibit hall is is that happening too the projects and various things yes so we call we split 4-h into two categories the indoor projects and the outdoor projects um outdoors livestock and like dogs and horse um and then the indoor is photography leather craft uh shooting sports sport fishing um, some robotics, so some of these more uh, things that you would do inside or aren't livestock-related, mm-hmm. essentially. And, yes, they're planning on having those in the exhibit hall. Um, and so it sounds like the 4-H fair is going to be kind of on its own this year because there's not going to be an open side to the fair. And oh, there's no open this year? So I, I can't enter this year? No, I guess not. I've won some ribbons in baking, <laughs> Cara. I, I can hold my own with, with, with all of the bakers in Helena. And this year I got 
I got I got no shot. And well, I mean, unless you want to like pretend that you're a high school yeah. <laughs> 4-H kid, I'll get my kid to join 4-H <laughs> and then and, enter through them. <laughs> yeah. So no open. It's just the 4-H stuff. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And so they'll have that out. I think that's one thing that's really nice for the indoor side. For the livestock side, we were able to live stream a lot of the shows and we did have to cap how many people could be there in person, but we live streamed the indoor side. There wasn't really a good way to do that. And so right. a lot of these kids who came with their indoor projects, they didn't really get to show them off as much as they could have otherwise. So that will definitely be better this year. Yeah, that's good. They get to sh show their wares and show their efforts. And, that. and you, have a, you have a theme this year, right? Yes. It's a, there's no place like 4-H. So it's kind of a Wizard of Oz theme. Luke Duran made our graphic, and it has like a pig and yeah. <laughs> some 4-H things on it. So That's cool. So what does that mean? Like, I mean, is that just, hey, we wanted a T-shirt? Or, I mean, are there actually going to be things happening on, on the theme? Um, usually folks will decorate like their pens or their, uh, their displays according to what that theme is. Okay. And then, yeah, I think they're hoping to get some t-shirts out for fair this year that have that logo on it. And, um, it's also what the cover of our exhibitor's handbook is and it's just the theme for the year. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. And are you, I know last year, and maybe it's a little early, but, but last year you had the opportunity for, um, or maybe it was two years ago because last year was so weird, but you've in the past had the opportunity for, uh, uh, sponsorships for like the various pens and stuff, uh, in there for businesses or individuals, I guess if they, is that something that's going to be happening again this year? Yeah, we do send out a sponsorship form every year, and that's through the Lewis and Clark County 4-H Foundation. Um, there's still time if you want to get um, some signs put up in the BHB, uh, the Bill Hamilton 4-H building, or on the sale pen. Um, it's a little too late to get them in the exhibitor's handbook at this point. Sure. Uh, we also have, we bought these new swine panels last year, so they're just these pens for the, the pigs. Um, and you can choose to sponsor one if you want. They're $250, and you get a permanent placard on it that'll stay there for the life of the pen, oh, essentially. Wow. So um, if you're interested in that, again, you can contact the extension office, and we'll let you know how to get involved. Uh, our number is 447-8346. Okay. And if you missed that phone number, shoot me an email. Troy at MontanaRadio.com. We'll hook you up with Cara. And uh, if you want to sponsor one of those pig pens, that, that sounds like a cool thing to do. I think so. I think it would be really cool to have, you know, cause, because it's for the life of the pen, so that could be for years. They're yeah. really nice. They're lightweight. They're easy to put together. Um, we used them for the first time this last year, and it was it was a night and day difference on how quickly you could put them together. Before, they used to have these panels that you'd have to wire together painstakingly and try to get them to work, and now they just kind of click into place, and yeah. it's much Very nicer. Very cool. And we've got uh, just about four minutes left, and I want to make sure that we get out there because you're, you're always looking for volunteers to help out with 4-H. You can always use more. Uh, who are you looking for? Is that, is that still the case, that you need somebody to help out in various areas? We always do, yeah. Um, right now we need help with specific projects. We don't have project leaders for woodworking, um, welding, uh, visual arts, which is like drawing, painting, or ceramics, any of those things, graphic design. Um, those are some. Those are the three big ones we have right now okay. that we could use help with. Okay, and, and that's not necessarily a, a long-term commitment. That's saying, well, I could do it this year. 
Right. Yeah. So, and I like to say that it's as much or as little effort as you want to put into it. So some project leaders are called superintendents because ultimately they're in charge of how, um, of making the rules of how kids uh, exhibit their projects at the fair. And then they help find the judges for the fair. And so they're just generally in charge of the project for that county. But we encourage folks if they're like, hey, I know something about woodworking and I could do a workshop on that on this date, I mean, even that's helpful because at least it's a learning experience and a chance to mentor some kids who maybe don't have someone to help them otherwise. Yeah, that's very cool. And so if you've got, it's one of those things where if, if, if you've got an area of expertise, if you've got a passion, you want to pass along some knowledge, help kids get started in what you love. I mean, this is the perfect opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's so helpful. For instance, cake decorating, we had some interest from volunteers for to do cake decorating. So they offered to do I had one gal who did just one workshop where they decorated cupcakes and they learned the basics. And then another gal was more interested and she decided to be the project superintendent for that project. And it's it can be flexible. So, again, as much or as little as you want to help out, we'll, we'll take it. OK. And if you don't fall into one of those categories uh, that you mentioned, but you've got something and you're saying, hey, I'm, I'd be willing to help. That's something that you'd be interested in, too. Right. If it's a yes. different, you know, they're an expert in something else. Right. Yeah. If they're interested in helping with anything else and we already have a superintendent, we would put you in contact with that superintendent and they would set up a learning experience. So like if you know something about pigs and you want to share that knowledge or like share that expertise and do a little workshop, we would just put you in contact with that superintendent and he would work with you to set that up. Yeah. And it's it, it's got to be pretty rewarding, you know, I mean, because there are people like you said, there's there's people that wind up saying i'll do it for a little bit and then end up obviously loving it and sticking around yeah it yeah it's i mean i'm an educator so i'm super biased because i I like i like working with kids and i like seeing the spark in their eyes when they get interested in something or how confident they'll leave if they learn something new or even if they were struggling with something that feeling when they finally got it and and they're just so proud to tell you about their projects all the time and what they've started working on. It is really rewarding. I work primarily with the team leaders and because that's that's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> I really like them. Um, and they impress me every day. It's, yeah, it's very rewarding. That's super cool. Cara Tangadal, our guest on Coffee Break this morning. She is the Lewis and Clark County 4-H and Youth Development Extension agent. It's a lot to fit on a business card, Cara. You're a very busy person. Yeah. Well, I don't, it's a lot to fit on a business card and then most people don't know what that means anyway. It's like the worst when you go somewhere and they're like, what do you do? And you're like, well, let's settle in. (laughs) How how many minutes do you have? Yeah. Yeah. I try to do an elevator pitch and it's gotten better, but it's still like, it still leaves a lot of questions for sure. Well, you answered a lot of questions this morning. And so I sure appreciate that. If people want to find out more we've mentioned it best thing to do is just get on uh, on facebook or on the on the web page right yes yep or give us a call and we're happy to help and matt is the other agent in the office he answers tons of questions about bugs and trees and grass yeah. and matt forage. is the bugs and bugs and weeds guy so you got a weird bug you got a weird weed go on over there and uh, tell matt that troy sent you over to tell you what that thing is we're all out of time on coffee break this morning thanks to cara for coming over if you have any questions troy at montanaradio.com we'll see you monday I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes, head on over, give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.